You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. Hi, this is Dave Dahl, and you are listening to Felony Inc. And uh, we got some amazing guests today. Um, in particular, we have Jim Garrick, or do you do you go by James or Jim? James, if I if you could, yeah. To start with, yes, yeah, James James Garrick. And uh, this gentleman has a great story, or it's an interesting story. Uh, and we're going to talk about how he, you know, where he's been and where he is now. And it's pretty phenomenal. So, hey, James, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you, Dave. And you also have with you a special guest. Um, who is that? This is my wife, Alicia. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you're doing pretty good, dude. Um, you know, Lad was talking some smack about you earlier, and I was like, dude, he's bigger than you. I think he can take you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, you know, what can you tell us about um, about your history? What do, what do you want to talk about, about where you've been? Well, you know, it's been a, uh, quite a journey coming home from uh, Oregon State prison system. Uh, I served a life sentence 20 years and four months for murder. Um, you know, I'm, I guess a part of our lives is uh, trying to figure out how to come back from something like that, and we're not the victim. Uh, the thing is, I left... It's a great lesson to learn right there. I left a victim behind my in my past, and I'm, uh, I would like to say I'm sorry to... The community for my behavior and those things that created that event in my life. Now that um, you know, it does scare the hell out of people. Uh, you know, to hear that sort of thing. And uh, you know, myself, I've got a a bad history, um, but actually, no, actually, no murder on my on my. Uh, resume and you know I th it could be a little bit harder if me making Dave's killer bread if I had actually been a killer which they accused me of constantly <laughs> uh, like oh you must be a killer uh, so anyway it would have been a little harder if there's more stigma and uh, so you're, you're, you're overcoming something a little bit heavier than I was uh, so how was doing time how did, how did that go well, you know, when I first uh, started my time, I was there was six years there that I was pretty much a knothead. I I ran the yard. I just uh, I didn't get in any real trouble that was noticeable by the administration. But I was uh, I was a hard ass. I thought I was a tough guy. You know, I had to live up to Jim James, as uh, I choose to be called now, because Jim wasn't the best guy on the planet. Uh, I'm a Marine, a Vietnam veteran, uh, you know, uh, not looking for excuses. Uh, behavior is about the person that got raised and, uh, and about acting out is about, uh, giving yourself entitlements and, uh, and choosing to give yourself permission to do whatever you think is all cool. And that ain't, and to me today, that's just so haywire, so lost on track. Uh, I'm an artist. I always have been an artist, but I never realized it. Mm. Finding that uh, about myself while I was there is part of the salvation that helped me to become a, who I'm working to be constantly mm. in my does life today. Does take work, doesn't it? Yeah. Really does. Um, I'm still working on me too, and you know I've had my I've had my great times and I've had my setbacks that have been really serious. Um, so I'm, it's great to be reminded of humility, um, you know, acceptance, courage. To me, courage comes from a, a humble place. 
um, you have to you have to be able to accept who you are, and to be to accept who you are is is a challenge. It's um, it takes some practice. It takes it takes some struggle. It takes some suffering sometimes to get to who you really are, not the tough guy, not uh, any any of that stuff that's on the surface, but who you, who you really are. And it seems to me that you've done a lot of that. And so how did that come about? How did you finally get to that point? Well, you know, like I was saying, the first six years were kind of uh, chaotic and uh, self-serving and... Uh, uh, entitled and uh, th- there's other words uh, to describe that lack of self-esteem totally not liking yourself for doing the crime that you did uh, trying to find the human being inside of a, a, a monster that you thought you were uh, not willing to take personal accountability not, accountability for not ready yet I wasn't ready yet and then uh, an experience with my uh, cell partner on December 24th on Christmas Eve. He OD'd on heroin, and I was a part of that. And uh, we were just thinking we were getting rid of our depression. You know, Christmas isn't a happy place in there. So uh, he OD'd. I had to save him. Uh, we're fortunate that we're both out here in the real world today and that I made my life change about drugs right there. I fell to my knees uh, and I begged forgiveness and tried to find the understanding of why this guy had to do that stuff. And, uh, you know, it takes you back to your own growth as a child and history to be able to understand that. It's a, it's a, a system of reinventing off of the truth and being able to look at yourself honestly and try to figure that out. Yeah, and it, it, you can't just go, hey, I want to look at myself honestly. You can't just do that. It takes some, some, some major thing has to happen, and it sounds like that happened for you. You uh, know, James, uh, you know, when that happened uh, and you decided to make a change at that point, um, was your change uh, effective with uh, your Sally that... Uh, that uh, overdosed? Yeah, actually, uh, it turned into a closer friendship. I got him involved in the hobby shop and uh, and uh, uh, helped him to uh, find out some things and discover stuff about his artwork because I was involved in the hobby shop early on while I was there. I was fortunate I didn't lose it through my behaviors in the first six years because I was in the hobby shop after the first year. I had 19 years in the in the hobby shop there, and you can't keep that program without staying out of trouble. Jeez, uh, that was a tr- that, that was, was a, a neat trick. trick. <laughs> that was a neat trick. Yeah, I because I, you know, when they cut cigarettes out, when they uh, did all that, and we couldn't riot. smoke, uh, it was like crazy. You wanted, you wanted to riot. You're yeah. like, well, we're gonna riot. That didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Uh, you know, a few things jumped off, but it was just, uh, that's just normal uh, spoiled children effects, you know, because that's kind of what we are when we're in there. We're spoiled children that didn't know how to allow themselves to become an adult. You know, I'm still kind of a kid trapped in an adult's body, and, yeah. and that's what keeps my artwork. Yeah, that, uh, part's, that part you, you want to keep. <laughs> that, uh, you know, so, so since we have... Um, your wife here. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how you met her and where, you know, uh, were you in when you met her or did, was it since you've been out? Well, actually, when I first came home, I, uh, uh, I was in a program, uh, the mentor program in Portland here, and uh, it was uh, a highly successful program, very helpful for me. It gave me housing and allowed me to stabilize myself in the community and try to generate a plan for the future, you know, because I really didn't have employment possibilities. I'm a disabled veteran. I uh, broke my back and uh, in the military, and uh, 
So I was uh, limited to what I could do anymore. I couldn't go back to the shipyards. I was a boilermaker in the in the uh, local 72 shipyard. Uh, when was that before prison? Yes, oh. I was from early on, from 16 years old on, and uh, that was uh, some of the contributing factors of my welding and all that that kind of gave me a foundation for finding something inside there that gave me some merit, you know, about some self-esteem, about what I could do as uh, not just being crafty, but having a job, you know. And uh, that turned into the uh, huge stability in the last 10 years I was there. That kind of helped me maintain myself and keep focused on keeping everything coordinated through my artwork and through the job. And that keeps you off the yard, and then everything else is like uh, uh, exercise and trying to maintain your health because I really didn't know if I was ever getting out. Uh, uh, you know, I had a life sentence open-ended. Uh, uh, they didn't have to let me come home. I had to earn that possibility. Laddie Lad was in the, you know, pretty much the exact same um, place in yeah. that sense. I was fortunate enough where, you know, I was like you when I was in there, uh, you know, the first five, six years. You know, you're just running with ever, you know, whoever and doing whatever. And a lot of peer pressure in there you have to overcome. And uh, Trying to be accepted. Exactly. And so what happened to me was, um, you know, I found uh, something a little above me, you know, in my case, Christianity. So um, I was able to change my life around and... Luckily enough, the first time I went to see the pro board, they, they gave me the okay and let me out after 20 years. Oh, I'll be darned. That was your first time? Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had to see them seven times before yeah. I got a chance. It was every three years. or. Uh, but, you, but, but, yeah. it, but the same amount of time it took to get out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, it's an, it's an effort that you have to make on your own behalf. Uh, if you don't find a reason to like who you are or you don't find some reason to think that you're worth the opportunity to come back out here and find. I have two children uh, that suffered through this. Everybody suffers through our behavior when we end up in places like this. We're ground zero and everything uh, around us is uh, has been damaged or hurt. There's nothing worse than having having the burden, uh, than being a burden on your your family while you're in prison. I mean, the, you can be an emotional burden. The guys ask, you know, always begging for money from their people. Um, you know, that's that's not a it's not a good place to be. And you know, when you accept your personal accountability, that hey, you know, I not only did I have the power to fuck things up. Now I have the power to change that. I have the power to overcome that. That is a huge deal when you, when you realize it's you that, that can do it. You know, you, you got yourself in here, you did something, you know, you gotta own up to that and you get it, because you're owning up to your past, you can change your future. You exactly. have that power. Yeah. You know, and when, when you decided that uh, you were going to change, you know, stop the drug thing and, 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 and kind of move forward with that, <clears throat> there's a little transition period there that I know I went through when I did the same thing, is that all the knuckleheads that you were hanging out with that do that, mm. you know, that it took them a little while for them to realize, all right, well, you know what, this guy's changing his life around. And it was funny because, uh, you know, I met Dave in there when he was changing his life around. And even though we had knucklehead friends, they, after a while, started to respect that part of us. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, not only did they respect that part of us, but when it came time for different things, you know, situations that came up, they actually stood up for you and said, hey, look, you know what, he's not into that anymore, you know, let that go. You know, so it was kind of cool to watch your friends actually start protecting you in that new life that you were, you know, creating. And a part of that also is not just your peer group, but the officers and the administration recognize that you mm -hmm. make the change, and that's the only course out through the front door again. Absolutely. It's for their recognition. Your friends, uh, they don't mean nothing for recognition except for what they drop in the background 
when an officer says, oh, man, is he putting his artwork on the yard? We know he's doing it. And they tell him, hell no, that guy wouldn't let you put his artwork on the yard for nothing, which I had to do. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I lose my privileges. You got to change your, your thinking. Um, you got to start, you know, some of the rules are, are crucial. I, I didn't follow all the rules, uh, you know, and, and I almost I almost screwed up my, I wouldn't, Dave's Killer Bread probably wouldn't be here if I'd have got busted doing, you know, but I, it was, you know, tattoos and stuff. Right. Uh, I got some interesting stories about that that, you know, easily could have changed the whole course of my history anyway. Um, <clears throat> but for the most part, I was doing, I was doing the right thing. It was just like tattoos or tongue in cheek sort of thing. Uh, everybody's doing that, right? Yeah. So, um, in your case, you were doing, well, you weren't doing jewelry in prison, right? Yeah. I, uh, the hobby shop, well, part of the thing that helped me to come out here and transition into the this part of my life is that uh, I stabilized it in my jewelry making and design work in there, and, like, there was a, one of the things that made the image of beauty happen for me is my spiritual connection to the Creator also. I have to say that if you don't find, I didn't, if I didn't have, couldn't have found that part of me again, because when I was a child I was raised that way, it would have been difficult for me to see any uh, value in Jim, you know, or to bring Jim to be James or whatever the thing is uh, today you know it's a uh, I still struggle every day with um, my self-esteem I, I try to please my wife I try to do things that helps her to be happy with me you know and I and I'm sometimes I'm over about I overdo it and it frustrates her because she thinks I'm overworking myself and I'm hey I'm <laughs> I'm 68 almost 69 years old and she's a little, little younger than me she looks a little younger than you um, <laughs> lucky guy I'd say <laughs> yeah. now you know is it, is it time uh, more let's create a little bit of time for our sponsors Morris and D'Angelo CPAs Extraordinaire, where counting where where accounting is never boring. Now the price is not based on time, and customers decide the value to them. Are you kidding me? That is crazy. Man, I I like that. Uh, call them with a question, whether it's slow or fast, and it is included. Period. They do not charge or send invoices for phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. Oh my God, that's insane. Wow, how do they survive? How yeah. do they pull that off? Why wouldn't you need it? You're gonna be rich someday. Hey, gonna, there you go. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna need a CPA. Oh, a CPA, right. Yeah. yeah. And they said it's never boring, are you kidding me? <sighs> You'll be yeah. the Billy Bump of podcasting at some time. Hey. Thank <laughs> so you these are the... exciting CPAs. And they're cool dudes who actually, you know, make their money doing, taking, doing business in a in a really, you know, kind way. I guess uh, a good way, and it's working out for them. So that's, that's, that's a numbers game. That's bizarre right. to me, but it's it's cool <laughs> though because I I have seen that you know, I've done stuff in the past that was you know I tried to do the right thing, and I really did work at it. Um, and it's it's come back uh, many fold to me. So I mean, I can see how it can happen. I just I, I don't I don't quite get the process, and I'm I'm going to get with these guys and see if I can save some bucks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That was a pretty damn good plug, there, Dave. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you making fun of me? Yeah. Well, always. <laughs> All right. Well, we have we just have great guests today. Um, I would like to hear from the lady in the room, if possible. Would you like to uh, chime in just a little bit right now and talk sure. about your experience? Sure. Um, so, my name's Alicia. I've been with James for seven years now, and it's been quite a ride, I tell you. Um, anybody that has a, somebody that's, you know, or a significant other that's spent a lot of time in prison, it's definitely a lot of work. You know, you're not doing it for yourself. You have to be looking out for your other half, make sure that they're 
staying on their best tippy toes and not stay back in business because last week I want to see his head going back to prison. You know, I don't want to see him there. If I see him there or on that way, I'm going to have to blame myself for part of that process. So mm. knowing that um, I would take part of that self-guilt, I would, I really work hard to see the little hidden pieces throughout the day that you can point out. And he hates it when I point it out. <laughs> And uh, we fight about it, but at the end of the day, he's still here, you know? Great. Well, so, uh, I, James, you, uh, sound, sounds like you need some, uh, you need a little help. A little anger management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't really, you don't really feel like, you, could you do this on your own if you, if you had to? Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I want to... My, part of me that's confident and thinks that uh, I got it together, you know, says, yeah. yeah. Uh, however, uh, she was a dream in my life. I actually got a tattoo before uh, I met her, and it's the tattoo of her on my arm. Mm -hmm. and, well, that's a nice tattoo. And uh, she, uh, well, it's got to do with Native American stuff. And, Are you uh, Native prayer. too, Alicia? Okay. No. Uh, I know, actually, yeah. yeah well, I, that's yeah, nice I... You know, part of that spirituality that I was talking about earlier is, is the native side, uh, where we do our prayers in lodge, and uh, and uh, it was something that helped to ground me as a in my humanity and uh, to see me differently, trying to help other people through prayer and through uh, through education of thought, you know, and, and the the thought process of good thoughts instead of continually sitting there and hammering the yard with all the BS and telling stories, oh, I did this, I had that. You know, all that stuff is counterproductive. War stories. Yeah, war stories are counterproductive in there and out here. And so, you know, when you, when you realize that about yourself, that if you're just telling a story just to hear yourself talk, then you're not really doing anything productive and no one else is learning anything. They're just hearing a story. Uh, if you're showing somebody how to pr solder a piece of silver together or make a piece of artwork, then you're doing something that uh, is elemental for someone's moving forward in their ability to do things and their ability to rise in self-esteem. You know, it's and that's you giving back in, in your way, and there's nothing more, nothing more powerful than giving back. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we what we do when we're happy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was just going to say that, you know, um, you know, when you got out and you started doing your, you know, the bakery and, and you started creating the bread um, and you saw the effects of the public, you know, and the reaction of the public, that right there, and like you're saying, you know, Jim, James, that, uh, you know, you, you help somebody do something and, and producing a good product like Dave did and the, the feedback that he got, it was it was a double driven thing. You know, it was just it just drove Dave into a whole new level of uh, what he was doing. So I understand that, you know, when I'm productive and I especially when I'm given to somebody else, um, you know, it, it just uh, well, it with you, it's kind of just trying not to get your ass beat by by your boss. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Fear actually keeps him straight. You know, ah. <laughs> keeps him on the path. Well, you know, like, I'm not, uh, you said earlier that, you know, I was giving Jim or James a hard time, but, you know, I'm not afraid of James. And you know why? Right. Because I know I can run faster. Ah. Yeah, because you've got, got a bad, bad back. back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and a bad leg. Yeah. Oh, I got <laughs> I got a bunch of extra metal parts and stuff from the motorcycle. Yeah, but Lad's got a bad brain. He'd, he'd fuck it up somehow, trust me. <laughs> he'd run backwards. <laughs> he'd run backwards. Well, you know, not to plug uh, Dave's killer bread, but I still uh, eat your... Uh, yeah, you gave me celiac bread. disease. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? It doesn't Because your bread's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ate so doggone much gluten that you got, that you couldn't do it anymore. You know, yeah. gluten is a freaking wonder substance for me. I mean, it made Dave's Killer Bread possible. And my, it's, man, I, I feel great when I eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't get it, but I'm celiac. That sucks. Anyway, so. Uh, where are we at? You well, were... James, I, I was going to ask James uh, to kind of give us a rundown on how long he's been out and, mm -hmm. you know, what he's been doing since he's been out. I'm thinking about 10 years or so, 11. Yeah, I'm working on 11 years, uh, and, uh, you know, like I say, in the first few years before I met her, I was just 
doing my artwork, and then uh, when we met, uh, uh, we got to have that space together and, and share that that common goal, you know, and uh, we, we weren't married yet. Day. We made artwork all day long. Yeah, we'd just sit out there and make jewelry all day long, you That's know, great. and she'd be designing, and I'd show her some of uh, stuff that I knew that would help her on her way, and uh, it was it was like a miracle happening in front of me watching the growth, right? And she's like so gifted at just bam, I show her that thing. Right? Next thing you know, she wants to show me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. And yeah. that's the the humility of that is powerful. Being able to say, okay, yeah, well, you you know better than me on some things already, and you're yeah. supposed to be the student. That's it takes some humility. Uh, you have to you know live up to that and. Um, I, I can totally relate because with Dave's Killer Bread, I think I worked physically physically harder than you, but probably not more devotion or dedication than you. Um, th that was a crazy and passionate journey for me. And oh, just yeah. wonderful. And so uh, you can't beat that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm thinking you were pretty passionate and still are about what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So I'm, James, uh, you were going to tell us about how you met her. And now it's even more interesting because yeah. of the art combination there. So maybe you could tell us a little bit how that came about. Were you guys in some type of a program, an art program together or something? Well, actually, we met at uh, a bar, and mm -hmm. uh, she we was out with her hopping. friend. And, uh, <laughs> was we were strip club hopping. Oh. <laughs> and I was, oh, I was delivering a commission <laughs> to the club where I, uh, for the best dancers. The manager of the, the club, the Casa Diablo, was in the art community that I was in, and she asked me, hey, can you do these designs for the best dancer, the best money maker, and all this stuff? I said, yeah, sure, what do you want me to do? So they told me, uh, you know, do a Casa Diablo's logo, the flying bat or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and I delivered it that night, and I'm walking in, and I got there. It was raining, and uh, I was on my bike, and I come, I'm fully leathered up, and I walk in there, and I see her and she's across in the smoking area over uh, across the way and i go oh my god look at her oh wow mm -hmm. and of course. Uh, and then i said oh she's got to be a dancer so i go and i finish delivering the the stuff and i go in a poker room and i don't drink so i went and got a cup of coffee and i go in a poker room and drop 20 in there and all of a sudden, here she comes in there, and she goes in behind me and drops in $5, I find out later. Loses it real quick. She, don't have, she didn't want to gamble anymore. Just five so. bucks? That's great. Yeah, and then Good she job. got up and started to leave, and I says, hey, excuse me. And she, uh, I said, would you like to push my buttons for me? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and that's like, uh, <laughs> and she, okay. laughed, she laughed and sat down. I mean, she's just... Uh, yeah, just absolutely. Well, you can see she's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, yeah. I was just wow. And we got to started talking about artwork, and she told me that she uh, was casting bronze uh, tattoo gun machine frames and stuff. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, I said, wow. So I showed her some of my work and what I was delivering, and she says, geez, I'd sure like to learn that. Let me. Ask, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to ask: uh, Did you use uh, what, what method of casting? We did sand casting. Sand casting. Okay. Mm -hmm. On the tattoo frames, yeah. yeah. And then, then lo lost wax was what she learned from me how yeah. to do the lost wax casting. And uh, that's cool. And then, and then I understand the lost wax a little bit. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah, she was an amazing uh, uh, study. Uh, I. I'd show her something and she'd take off with it. She made so many neat designs. I was just going, wow, this is incredible. You know, we kind of fell in love while we were in my studio there. She'd come from Vancouver, Washington after delivery, taking her little girl to school and uh, come down and spend the day with me, bring me lunch or breakfast or something, all this good health food. And I'm going, wow, you know, and I'm still riding. 22 miles on my bicycle every day and jogging five miles in the morning and mm -hmm. you know and i thought i was healthy <laughs> so, so you were able to jog and stuff yeah before can well, you do it now uh not really like uh i've got too many my right leg's got two uh, metal uh From titanium yeah, yeah yeah and, but uh 
But you should tell him our first date was to go see um, the warden at the prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our first date, I took her <laughs> on my bike and went to OSP and uh, introduced her to Jeff Primo, the, the who was the superintendent of Oregon State Penitentiary at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you had some connections. You, you were already working on uh, prison ministry, prison uh, outreach. That kind of thing. Well, uh, what I was, I came into, afterwards I came in and I, I did a few uh, things where they, Primo saw me out here in the community on my bike one time and they were on their bikes, him and uh, some of the other officers, right? And I, they were at the uh, swap meet. And uh, I said, wow. And he says, hey, I want you to come in. I says, well, I ain't been out for three years. I can't go in there. And he says, hey, it's my prison. I, if I want to invite you into it, I'll invite you in, right? Yeah, and I cool. says, oh, okay. Yeah, it's great when you when you make that kind of transition from, from you know, the— Not head to yeah. a, a to community-minded person. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they love that, too, you know, they in general. Uh, so uh, that's that's really cool. So what I really wanted to know what the, one of the things this is about is business. Um, how is the business? Well, uh, we've been kind of slowed down. We bought a piece of property in Sheridan, Oregon now, and we have four and a half acres and a big old barn. And I'm trying to get my studio reset up for both of us. And she's in working on. The property is covered with 15 years of thatch and undergrowth, and we've been stripping it down to save the trees on our property and stuff. And uh, it's just becoming more beautiful all the time. And I've been going up and working on the barn and trying to get all our casting equipment and welders uh, and stuff together so that we can uh, maintain that. And uh, it's getting a little closer. Uh, We'll be back in production probably by... Uh, the end of this year. Your stuff is really, you know, it's it's real jewelry. It's made with uh, expensive materials. It's it's real stuff. Uh, I'm interested in in this this stuff big time. Um, now that's that's costly to make, and you got to have some business. You guys got to be selling some stuff by now. Pretty good to make it happen. He's, he's lucky. He has well, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, you know, I've got a. Uh, People that I, I make rings for clean and sober motorcycle groups, and I, and I get their commissions. All of the whenever a new person comes in the in the club and wants a ring, I make their rings. That's job security right there. Yeah, yeah. and it's a con, uh, continuous thing. And then I have like other clients that I do for a a major fuse company out here. I make their their uh, wands are called wands, and it's a fine silver thing for plating. Uh, silver onto huge bus fuses this big Uh, and they they're kind of a a continual thing but i'm a disabled uh, veteran too i'm 100 percent, and my income from that helps us to be able to make choices that give us an opportunity to do our artwork without stress not living under a bridge and trying to make this stuff happen exactly Wow, so so maybe, maybe it's a good time right now, James, if uh, if you got a website, you got anything like that that you want to throw out there, people can go to. Well, uh, I was I'm on Instagram, Ivory Jim, on Instagram. Uh, it has some of my artwork on there, quite a bit actually, in my wife's some of my wife's work, and uh, presently I'm not putting anything new on there. Uh, uh, I've got some projects I need to catch up since the motorcycle wreck, uh, uh, hand grips for a 1911 pistol uh, or gun, and that'll have dogs carved on it, and the guy was a ditch digger, and he'll be digging a ditch on the handle grips and stuff, you know, I'll uh, do some amazing things that are amazing for me to be able to have the, yeah, fossil walrus. Okay. And I don't use ivories that are uh, were human beings weren't running around except swimming with them bad boys and they had beards longer than our legs you know yeah. so. <laughs> right that's some old stuff yeah uh, I real quick I want to point this out uh, I forgot uh, the website for the um, CPA extraordinaire uh, that was Morrison D'Angelo and you can contact them at uh, their website www i can't even read this 
www.cpadudes.com, www.cpadudes.com, and then Startup Radio, forward slash Startup Radio. I'll get better at this at some point. Anyway, that's part of it. You know, I am am who I am, and uh, I can live with that for the most part. Um, You know... I, I've seen so many great successes. It's people turn their lives around. How powerful that can be when you go, you lose, you go from uh, having a, a bad person, someone who's a drag on society, one way or the other, and that person realizes that they can be powerful in a, in a positive way. The exponential value of that is is amazing to me. We we go out in my own personal life. I have seen basically miracles in, in the sense that uh, my community has uh, has benefited from my turnaround. And I'm sure the same is true for you. Uh, you're, you're an ambassador for doing the right thing. Um, so really, you're right now you're not pushing, you're not out there marketing your brand per se, you're just kind of just letting it come to you. Well, my, uh, we're going to open up and again here in the near future. Uh, the thing about it is I'm a disabled veteran. I, I live off a of fixed income, so I can't make uh, over the poverty level uh, for my stuff, right? I see. So what I do is uh, now she reproduces my my designs and her designs, and then we, we can put those on the market under her mm-hmm. uh, representation for our family name, right? And that way it doesn't affect that I'm making an income. I could be a CEO or whatever and just live off of some of that. But I, we want to just make new designs and enjoy it pretty much for ourselves. And then there's the client like yourself that would like to have something personalized or something like that. Those are who we focus. You're a more personal for personal. Yeah, we're more focused on personalized Uh That's really stuff. what I want. That's yeah. what I want. Um, Make a We're story out of that piece, We're you know. Not doing anything duplicate, sh- and we just most of yeah. the stuff's a one-off, and everything that is, it's a numbered piece, and so it's uh, special, it's special. special. Pieces, yeah. Can I? Uh, well, I might as well ask you. You know, I would love to have a piece. Now, I saw something on Facebook that was just it blew me away, and I don't know if you remember which piece it is. It's just, I think it was a man's ring, but. It had some gold leaf on it. It seemed like gold uh, Black Hills uh, leaf or something. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't finished. The ring wasn't finished, and I saw it. And but it was just so beautiful, and uh, could have been it's masculine enough that I was like, man, you know, I can wear that, and I won't. <laughs> people won't, you know, I can still hide behind that ring, and they won't figure out that I got issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still claiming masculinity at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it, I want to talk about that. Um, we don't can get you to talk do about, that so much anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just me. That's the great thing is, yeah. it, in reality, whatever anybody thinks of me doesn't fucking count doesn't matter to me for the most part uh it's great to be able to just be me you know and accept me uh i couldn't do that the first 38 years of my life i had to fake it i had to pretend to be something i wasn't and um i don't have to do that anymore so uh but but back to the rings i how would i go about this let's just talk about the process it would take for me to get a ring that i want well We'd sit down and uh, talk, uh, and it's kind of like a a job interview in a way. You're going to give me the parameters and kind of give me a vision of what you want the ring to look like, and I'm going to try to adhere myself to that idea and then create that image to your specifications and not allow my ego to get in the middle of it other than making it just right Right. for you. You know, that's That's the part. That's what we like to do is to please our clients uh, when they come to us for something like a commission like that because that's very personal. Anybody that comes to you and wants to like their wedding ring done, an engagement ring, or a friendship ring, or or like uh, folks came to me and they... uh, their mother passed, mm-hmm. and at the morgue they took her fingerprints, and uh, then they brought me her fingerprints and asked me to make a fingerprint duplicate for pendants. Oh wow! 
And so I had... Is that a first? Was that the first? Yeah, that was my first time I ever did anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, wow, it's kind of hard to turn them down. They're dear friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I I got that finished, it was like... uh, It was one of our friends that... It was lived a past like yeah. ours, and uh, and when I delivered it to them, they both just started crying. They couldn't believe it, you know, because it looks so much like the fingerprints. Yeah, how rewarding is that for you? It yeah. was. It's just amazing to be able to have that kind of an effect on other people in, in an emotional way that allows you to feel uh, like you did your job, you know. Yeah. Well, but, you know, back when, uh, it's funny, back when uh, I was insane, um, well, that's perhaps still happens, but uh, I was... That never the, goes away. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, I was really, uh, you know, um, this was almost criminally insane. Uh, I, I was thinking about getting married. Is <laughs> <laughs> it that one you asked? Yeah. And so that's the first time I met you. That and was at the Blues Fest. It was at the Blues Fest, that's right. And uh, I didn't, I vaguely remembered that this morning when we, before I even met you. And when you brought it up to me, I'm like, wow, yes, I totally remember this. And uh, fortunately, I didn't. You gave us a free loaf of the, the dog bread. Sindar. Yeah, Sindar. Yeah, Yeah, that was the uh, that was our loss leader. We never made a penny on that, but it was it always got people talking and coming (laughs) back. So Uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, what what kind of music are you into? Do you play music? Because you went to the blues fest. Do you like the blues? Do you like rock? I love the blues. I love rock. You know, I'm pretty much uh, across the map. I enjoy everything. some rap I'm okay with some sure. of the, yeah uh, because uh, if it's got a good story and mm-hmm. they're giving a positive thing instead of just saying hey, yeah I'm this and I'm that mm-hmm. you know then I've, I've got there's a value for me in that yeah uh, it's art. It's, it can be great art. Alicia likes to sing with the dogs and stuff in the morning. I, that's amazing. Sing you know, with hates dogs. It. Yeah, they'll hates start. It. Sing with dogs. <laughs> they start howling. She'll be singing in the morning. They'll go, rrr, rrr, and they'll be singing along with her. It's so funny. Oh, we got cool. three dogs. <laughs> Lad, we, we go up and we jam sometimes. We have, you know, Lad and I play in a little band called the Killer Granddaddies, of all things. And, uh, we'll be jamming away, and Dad's dog starts singing with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, we're louder than he is. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just a little chihuahua, mm-hmm. but that's what we got. Yeah. Some, a certain note on a certain chord will just it. get him going. Yep. Yeah, and he'll start howling, and it's it's just crazy. Pretty neat. <laughs> you know, one of the things about being here, uh, I didn't have any animals until she we met, right? I I. Now we have, have a the, menagerie. Now we have chickens and uh, three dogs. Because you got acreage. Yeah, it's a. Uh, well, we had. Well, he lets the three chickens stay in the house now. That's a miracle uh, for him. But you like it. But you, you're cool with that. You guys are all good with the chickens in the house. Yeah, we're, we we got this not. one pet, Sarama chicken. It's just the funniest little rooster. It's uh, like uh, he won't get taller than 10 inches. He won't even be this tall, almost, you know. And he's just, he comes up and he'll squat, he'll climb up your back of your pant leg all the way up your clothes and he'll sit on your shoulder and purr. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah he's cool. pretty neat. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of got a little bit of uh, empathy for that situation. Yeah. <laughs> the other two chickens that just leave golf ball-sized turds all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so they can go outside, right? Yeah. I, I have a cat and that's it. And she's so bored right now because I just moved into this amazing place that uh, doesn't have any trees around it or anything. I live in a high rise. And uh, she's, I'm just trying to figure out how, what I'm going to do to make her happy because it's yeah. not what she's used to. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe another cat, another cat maybe, or some chickens, and she'll kill the chickens. So. <laughs> You I'm know. surprised our cat doesn't mess with our chickens at all, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, they got to be big. If I get big chickens, I don't think she will. She'll be scared. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like big things. So. Anyway, so uh, right now, do you have any things that you are, are thinking about, your, you know, new goals, new objectives, that, and, or just what does your, your next uh, six months look like? What does your next year look like? Well, getting the studio together for us is really important for both of us right now. Actually, uh, our, we're preparing for our... We're trying to 
just maintain ourselves on our property, our own vegetables, our own uh, food sources, right? Other than meat, we'll have to go out and get that. There's deer all over our property. Uh, we're not taking any deer because we don't want to change the wildlife structure of our property and not be able to see those beautiful animals out there, you know? And and you're not uh, legally able to own a gun, right? Uh, that's true, yeah. And I, bow and arrow maybe, but uh, okay. I'm not, uh, I don't need to go Indian on that. I just wanted to see if, you know, because if, if you somehow overrode that, that law, that law that uh, yeah. none of us can own one. Or the only way I one. could overrode the, ride that law is by leaving my property and letting somebody else shoot a deer ah. and then I got to come back through weeks later <laughs> there you go yeah well that was one good thing about having an old lady for a while was that she could have a gun so you know mm. but it's also a bad thing if, if you get in a fight so yeah that's uh, a true story yeah. yeah i don't think there's a you know uh there's so much about violence uh, t attached to that kind of thing you know yeah we got wars we got everything but you own a gun it's an opportunity not to be someone that can just stand up on his own, you know. Uh, right. The, the people I grew up with, the, the age that I am, we, we just fought fist to fist in high school. We didn't yeah. have any knives. We didn't pull out anything to beat anybody up with or shoot anybody with. It, it, but, uh, and it's just, uh, hey, the world's a great place to live in today. Uh, there's so many opportunities out here for guys that are following us out here. Uh, it's always a good suggestion that you get with someone that's showed you some success. And then if you can see that what they have is something you'd like to have, and that's mainly your freedom and a, and a way to sustain that, uh, your self-worth is, is tantamount to that right there. You, you can't have any self-worth if you can't feel like you're able to come out here and have a job and go to work. So your history kind of goes against you, but you got to look at this, guys. Your history is something that happened. It's not who you are. Uh, it's your future that's something that can happen, and that is who you are. If you allow yourself to be, I try to remind Jim all the time that he, he wouldn't be here at this today if he didn't make those choices that he made before. All the things that happen in life yep. are a, 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 a traveling path to get you where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so, all the things, the supposed bad things, aren't really supposed bad things. They're a way to learn about how to be forgiving, how to say, you know, thanking, thanking yourself, how to be. Um, forgiving of yourself and others it's all just a path of learning how to get to your higher self you know your your path to understanding that you are actually a part of God too you know you're not separate from him you're not he's not kicking you out to the curb or any of that you're actually part of you're a part of all the wonderfulness that gets you to the place that you can actually transform yourself it's and if you don't have a spirituality base or something that helps you connect yourself to that type of a system a belief trail uh, then yourself you are your god self so believe in you and move forward you got it mm -hmm. you know we don't, we don't condone uh, you know we don't uh, we can't we, we can't say it's okay to do I mean I can't say it's okay to do uh, any sort of crime any sort of uh, bad behavior toward others that hurts others but at the same time the things that we've done in our past are the past and you know you I personally, in prison, spent a lot of sleepless nights thinking about how much of an you know, idiot and an asshole I was and how much there was no future. And I got over it. And uh, that was a real, it took me years, but I had a, a great moment in prison and I, I left it behind and moved on. And I, I still do that today because I make mistakes all the time and I have to forgive myself. And we have You're to make listening sure. to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program. Cool. Great. So uh, thanks a lot, Mark, yeah, for interrupting us. Um, now back to, <laughs> back to the show. We're having a great show talking to some really cool people. Uh, and we were talking about... What were we talking about when you were so rudely interrupted? Well, you know, I think uh, 
One of the main reasons why we found ourselves here today is because I'm concerned about the opportunities for my friends that are still there. I, I gained a lot of friendships in a place that was dark and ugly and earned some respects from people that were there that lived in that space also. And you don't earn no respect or you don't have respect for other human beings unless you see that they have the courage to move forward instead of being trapped in their past. Uh, those type of people that I connected myself with after, say, the first six years, uh, it started being a, a, a domino effect where you knock one uh, accomplishment down and you go for another one, another one, and they're just little bits of space in your life that you work hard to attain, a goal that you want to reach. You can't give up on your dreams. Uh, they're the most important thing you have that's keeps you breathing in there and considering that there is a future. Don't give up, guys. It's, uh, there is so much more out here to attain uh, worth and become a part of that worthiness and value in this, what we have out here. I'm not, I don't have it all together. I'm a knothead. I'm still angry. I'm mad at myself more than anybody else. But that causes an effect in me that makes me act out sometimes, and I have to put myself in a barn. And uh, in fact, in the back of my one truck that's about the size of a cell, mm. and I'll lay in there and I'll think about, geez, Jim, you want to be in this space again? Right. You know, you need that. Sometimes you need that time for consideration, self-reflection, uh, before you fuck up again. And uh, you know, because that's everybody knows about me, and you know, I've had some great, great things happen in my life that you know I was able to make happen. Um, I, I had the personal power that I discovered that I could create my future and create my present. Uh, more importantly, because right now is all you got. Yeah. You got a bunch of right nows to go is what we got. So, so James, you know, I know that you're giving back to the community and uh, doing some good things in OSP and everything. But uh, when you first got out, um, can you kind of give us a little bit of a rundown on uh, the people who took you in and supported you um, and helped you, you know, get to where you're at today? Well, I can uh, mention one. My daughters, to begin with, were there for me. Uh, uh, they were at the front steps. They never even met each other before that day. Uh, my youngest and my oldest daughter, my old, oldest was born while I was overseas. Uh, and my youngest, uh, and then they got the opportunity to meet for the first time when I was paroled. <laughs> and that was kind of an experience. And, and uh, a wonderful lady that uh, was my friend during the uh, fallout of our lives, her also, uh, Patty Katz, I'd like to mention her. She yeah. was like my sister. Uh, she knew my other kids. She knew my lifestyle. She was a part of that lifestyle, and now she speaks to legislatures, has been in front of the president, has done all kinds of things. And we shared neighbor space when she was in the women's joint. And uh, it was it, to see her get out in the community and help other people, it kind of gave me uh, something to look at and say, hey, if I go out there and do other things, that gives somebody else an opportunity to see that I made a better choice connected to my future than a choice that would connect it to my past. Uh, she helped me to find that focus. She got me housing. I came to the mentors group in Portland. I spent uh, my first two and a half years in the mentors envelope in Central City Concern housing projects. And uh, I'm a big supporter of Central City Concern. I, they do a lot of great things. Uh, they're, they're kind of a unique in this uh, in what they do around the country. Oh, they are really, uh, they're, you know, the recidivism rate for uh, the mentor group is at uh, one time was supposed to be uh, close to the best in the nation. Uh, they gave you a value system to look at yourself and, of course, the Franklin reality, uh, 
stuff, all the things Frank that help. reality model. Yeah, that helps you to identify your core issues and your esteem issues and your anger and all that stuff and how you do that. And, and how you put your, <clears throat> you have a belief window that, yeah. that pretty much limits your thinking, limits your, you know, potential. So go ahead. Exactly. And, that, and part of your belief system that uh, limits, like Dave said, uh, your abilities to go out and make the right choices because you keep falling back on what worked for you before in the criminality part of your life. So you kept going back to that. I kept going back to that for the longest time, you know, after the Marine Corps. Because it's instant gratification. It, yeah, and you got your payoff right then, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Hey. Too easy and, and too hard. Exactly. Eventually. Yeah, eventually, uh, now to, for me to try to live that type of a lifestyle, I'd, just, I'd be run over by a truck. Oh, you I'd, wouldn't be here now. Yeah, I wouldn't be here. I'd no. be already gone. And uh, fortunately for my wife, has kept me in a healthy state of uh, physical uh, health with good food and good love. Uh, she, her consideration... Caring for me is what gives me value for myself, too, because I don't give myself the value for me. Well, let's talk about that real yeah. quick. Let's talk about support. Um, you have actually mentioned quite a bit about, talked a little bit about that. I've seen it um, before we did our, sh our show today. You really um, give a lot of respect and you value support, the support that you've had in the community. And that's, that's your wife and others. And uh, how important is that, you know? So your support group is, uh, to be honest with you, is, is you. Uh, it's who you choose to align yourself with to give yourself a, a better opportunity. And if your support group happens to be, hey, your best dogs when you came out the gate, and you started rolling with them, then you're going to be your best dogs group again. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was the guys that are still involved in the best dog stuff. More just yeah. a bunch of, bunch of choices that you yeah. make. And it makes another continuation. It just opens up the door for your criminality to run free again and give your entitlements and all this stuff that you think you deserve to have without working hard for it. Right. You know, today is about my wife and I work our asses off. We're up at... Uh, seven in the morning, she takes our little girl to school. She's 13 years old, so I have to be a dad that, uh, at my age... Good example. And a least. good example, and I'm not always that, you no. know. I, I'm not because of, uh, just because of my hard-headedness and, and inability to listen. But uh, you're but you're a kind person, I, I imagine. You you pull the kindness out at times, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I always try to have that going on, you know, it's... Uh, he loves us. Yeah, <laughs> I love my wife and my my stepdaughter and my kids. Uh, uh, the, everything around you that's wrapped around your heart that's uh, the most present considerations in your life for some of the, the values that help you. And then again, if there are people that are messed up too, and they're, but you can't help, they're your kids or they're your family. And if they're doing something that isn't, appropriate for your behavior to continue in a good way, then you have to step back from your own family and say, hey, look, I got to tell you, this is time for to intervene in your stuff. And and that's hard to do. You're driving a, a, a wedge between us. Uh, yeah. Because at this point, you're not listening. We're, we're not on the same page anymore. You could... Um, yeah, there's got to be... There's gotta, you got to be able to draw a line, I guess. Uh, and you can't, you know... I can't say you can't do this. I, I say that uh, we don't want to enable people to continue bad behavior. Exactly. And we don't want, you know, the more enabled you are to continue bad behavior, the more likely you're just going to fuck your life up. Um, one of, we are anyway, because yeah. that's what we are. If it was too easy, we'd still be doing it, you know, <laughs> or we'd be dead. And um, fortunately, and that's a big lesson to learn, we can't. We we should not make it too easy for people who are doing the wrong thing. Uh, I was talking to a lady this morning in a meeting uh, about that, and uh, she's she talks about how she's such an enabler. She can't she can't help it. She just loves people, and she ends up getting screwed by people every day, basically because she enables them 
That's a choice she makes, but she's not doing those guys any favors. Hmm. So, uh, tough love. Yeah, we don't do them any favors either when we uh, try to just give them permission to go out and do Hey, what I do, though, is I say, yeah, you want to go out and do that? Look, I won't be here tomorrow then. You know, I, I don't have any information for you if you still have that choice to make in your life before you listen to what I could tell you. Yeah. You know, and I don't know all the answers. I'm still trying to answer my own questions, you yeah. know. Yeah, but I don't want to be dra dragged down by you either. You know, you exactly, know yeah. So, uh, okay, so basically we are done. Uh, but, man, what a what a great guest and uh, two guests today. Um, it was James Garrick. He doesn't like to be called Jim anymore. That's the old guy. Mm. And uh, this man has, has done very well for himself. I'm, I'm super, it's super great to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you, Dave. All right. Cool. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.